0: One election down, one to go. Today is June 9th, 2021, and there are 146 days to go until the general election on November 2nd. What sorts of things will happen between now and then? The goal of this episode and every other episode of Charlottesville Community Engagement is to bring you information about what's occurred and what's coming up in government agendas in the area in and around the zip code 22903. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, for this edition. On today's installment, the slate is known for Election Day in Albemarle and Charlottesville. The University of Virginia's Board of Visitors is briefed on the future of Ivy Gardens, and there are several pieces of information about transit in one big segment. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, help support Black-owned business in the Charlottesville area. Check out the Charlottesville Black Business Directory at SeavillBlackBiz.com and choose between a variety of goods and services, ranging from beauty supplies, professional services, and e commerce. Visit SeavillBlackBiz.com as soon as you can to get started. Election returns are in for the Democratic primary in Virginia. And in Charlottesville, Juan Diego Wade obtained the most votes, with 4,910 in the unofficial count, with Brian Pinkston getting 3,601 votes. Carl Brown came in third with 1,797. Wade and Pinkston raised a lot more money than Brown, with Pinkston reporting a total amount of $69,676 through May 27th, and Wade reporting $68,670 for the same period. In contrast, Brown raised $1,675, according to data put together by the Virginia Public Access Project. The two Democrats now go on to face two independents in the general election. Yaz Washington had run as a Democrat, but failed to qualify for the primary ballot. She's raised $315 so far this year. Incumbent Nakia Walker will also be running for a second term. She was the first independent to win since 1948. In the primary for the Commonwealth's attorney race, incumbent Joe Platania fended off a challenge from Ray Swabowski with 58.7 percent of the votes. There were no contested primaries for local races in Albemarle, Fluvanna, Greene, Louisa, or Nelson counties. In Albemarle, no Republicans or Independents emerged to face three Democrats on the ballot for supervisor. That means Jim Andrews, Ned Galloway, or Diantha McKeel will all likely be elected for four-year terms without any opposition. On Monday night, Charlottesville City Council officially adopted a resolution, canceling a project to build a 300-space parking garage at the corner of East Market Street and 9th Street. Part of the decision hinged on a notion of whether the city was doing enough to get people out of their cars and into other modes of transportation. In 2015, the firm Nelson Nygaard conducted a study of parking downtown, and one of the recommendations was to maintain existing supply through something called transportation demand management. Here's a bit from that study. Strong promotion of TDM efforts and continued enhancement of alternative travel options will serve Charlottesville well in maintaining its reputation and charm as an attractive, livable, and sustainable city. The Nelson Nygaard study was the most recent official review of parking downtown. Specifically, the plan recommended creation of a Transportation Management Association to help encourage alternative modes of travel. In early 2008, local community member Randy Salzman brought the idea up to the Charlottesville-Albemarle Metropolitan Planning Organization. That's the local body that makes decisions on regional transportation projects. Salzman arranged for them to hear from a professor of sustainability from Curtin University in Perth, Australia. Here's Peter Newman back in 2008. He's the co-author of a book with UVA professor Tim Beatley called Resilient Cities, Responding to Peak Oil and Climate Change. Now we've had uh, all our
1: cities do regional plans in the last five years. They have all concluded the need for a more sustainable future based on less car dependence, transit prioritised with corridors and centres to make sure that the structuring of the city uh, changes that.
0: The idea at the time didn't get much traction. At the May 27th meeting this year of the Regional Transit Partnership, that's a subgroup of the MPO, Salzman once again appeared to promote the idea. We need to understand why people take the bus or don't take the bus, why people bicycle or don't bicycle, why people drive or don't drive. And there is another car culture which has done this exceptionally well, and that car culture is Australia, where they have just as high a per capita car ownership as we do in the United States. Salzman mentioned a program called Travel Smart, which has now transformed into a program called Your Move. People who register are assisted in getting used to different forms of transportation. Salzman wants this community to take on the same approach – perhaps by expanding the existing Rideshare program. So right now, because of the stars aligning at the federal level, we, this area, could go after a grant that would be the leadership for helping America understand the individuals and how we can help them change, as opposed to building the change, building all the transit, and them not using it. The Regional Transit Partnership consists of the University Transit Service, Charlottesville Area Transit, Jaunt, and other agencies. A non-voting member of the body is Sarah Pennington, who runs the Rideshare Program as part of the Thomas Jefferson Planning District.
1: Transportation doesn't just work in a silo. There are so many moving parts and moving pieces, and the more that we can work together and band together to help each other out, the better.
0: Much of Pennington's work this past year has focused on telework, which was crucial for so many during the pandemic. The TJPDC will soon hire a consultant to create a regional transit vision plan at a cost of $350,000, with half of that amount coming from a grant from the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation. A selection firm is reviewing three proposals for the project, and an announcement on who will do the work may be made later this month. The TJPDC is also working on a $106,215 study about expanded transit in Albemarle County, above and beyond a second study that Charlottesville Area Transit is conducting to add service to US-29 north of its current terminus at the Walmart. Jessica hirsch Ballering is a transportation planner and said the firm Michael Baker International has been hired to do the work. We are
1: planning our first public engagement session for that project um, in late July or early August.
0: Karen Davis, the interim CEO of Jaunt, said her planning manager's recent appearance at a Central Virginia Regional Housing Partnership panel discussion may lead to the resumption of a discontinued service between the North Fork Research Park and Points South. Stephen Johnson talked about the possibility of on-demand transit at the May 20th event. I got a call from UVA Foundation talking about a service we had done for them that's right now it's it's um, discontinued, Park Connect, and uh, he was he was so well-spoken that they called me saying, hey, you know, on-demand could actually meet our need better than the, the model that we were using. Later this summer, Charlottesville Area Transit will begin a public period for proposed route changes. There's a story about that on my archive site, Information Charlottesville. Please do let me know if you have any interest in transit or trying to take the bus. I'm looking for people who might be interested in making a change at some point uh, about how they get to and from things uh, when things get back to normal, which may be now. I'm not really sure anymore. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement in time for another subscriber-supported public service announcement it's become time for people to get out and check out live music. If you're interested in going out and hearing people who have been waiting to get out and play, check out the Charlottesville Jazz Society and their running list of events. There's a link in the newsletter. The Charlottesville Jazz Society is dedicated to the promotion, preservation, and perpetuation of all jazz, and that the best thing you can do now is to go check out some music. There's a link in the newsletter. Finally today, last week, the University of Virginia's Board of Visitors met, as did their Buildings and Grounds Committee. One of the items on the agenda was approval of a master plan for the redevelopment of Ivy Gardens, an apartment complex between Old Ivy Road and Leonard Sandridge Road that was built in the late 1960s. University architect Alice Rusher explained the purpose of creating a master plan.
1: It is in general always good to have a plan and physical master planning helps to set priorities to inform future plans. It often aligns limited physical resources with often equally limited financial resources and provides the opportunity for broad university and community engagement
0: to create a shared vision. Ivy Gardens is made up of 17 acres and currently has 444 residential units close to North Grounds, Darden, the School of Law, and the Miller Center for Public Affairs, and the Center for Politics. In 2016, at the direction of the university, the
1: foundation purchased Ivy Gardens, and although its structures are aging, the property is currently income-producing, with units that house primarily our graduate students in a low-density Automobile oriented development.
0: The proposed redevelopment plan would increase the number of units to 718 and would add about 46,000 square feet of academic space and 69,500 square feet for commercial uses. The latter would be clustered in a new town square that would front onto Old Ivy Road. To the immediate north would be a residential commons with different kinds of housing types. In the middle would be a central green. Pedestrian bridges would cross Leonard Sandridge Drive, allowing safe passage to Darden and the law school for residents. The project would be phased. So the success of this proposal does not depend on wholesale redevelopment. For more on the timing, let's hear a question from Robert Hardy, the chair of the Buildings and Grounds Committee. From a density standpoint, are you satisfied that obviously green spaces are wonderful and we need those, but we also need to provide enough housing for this area for the what's going to be a growing law school and a growing Darden school and other programs around that area. And secondly, uh, can you give us a little idea about the time frame? Uh, how long this will take to come to fruition, obviously it will be done in phases, but uh, when we might see this start and then when it might complete.
1: Yes, Mr. Hardy, the uh, density on this site is improved by 150%. Um, so we have not only the 440 um, units that currently are there. But uh, there's an additional, you know, um, 250 thereabouts.
0: The architect added that what was before the committee was a master plan and not a schematic design for imminent building construction. She also said there's no capital project yet associated with the area. President Jim Ryan said the university has many projects it would like to work on. Increasing the supply of housing for second-year students remains a top priority. The committee voted on a resolution to approve the master plan. Afterwards, the group was given an update on plans to remove the George Rogers Clark statue on West Main Street. Colette Sheehy is Senior Vice President for Operations and State Government Relations at UVA.
1: Um, We are uh, ready to um, move into Part 1 of of that work, or Phase 1, which is the removal of the statue, Uh, We're prepared to issue an RFP this month to a firm that would um, remove the statue and will relocate it and store it.
0: Sheehy said the cost to do the work will be around $400,000, and the work of the first phase should be complete this summer. The second phase will be to engage with the indigenous community about what should be featured at the site in the future. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Thanks again for listening. Uh, this one is a little bit of a hodgepodge of lots of little things. Uh, the transit issue was something in there. I did want to get out there. Um, really interested in that transit uh, management association thing. And really, just I want to hear from you guys about how you get around and what obstacles you might have to getting out of your car. Um, that is something I'm just really interested in as we build a bigger community, a more dense community, possibly. Uh, these are things that I think are very important, and that's why I created this show, was to have a forum for things like that. Uh, that forum, of course, is sponsored by all of you guys listening and to the quarter of the audience that is paying either through Patreon or through Substack. Patreon is a way that you can fund general research, and it's a big help to me uh, every month for to get that payment uh, from you all. Thank you. Thank you so much. The other one is Substack. Uh, To pay for the distribution of this newsletter, you get a little bit of extra premium content if you decide to pay through Substack. Here's the kicker. Ting, the company, Ting will match anything that you give forward. So if it's a $5 a month, $50 a year, $200 a year subscription, they will match that, uh, which helps to support this community resource. Uh, You can also contact me if you have other ideas for how you might like to support uh, the show. Uh, Really excited as we come very close. This is actually the 11th month anniversary of the program, I think. I'm not sure. But this is episode 202. Uh, So really, thanks to all who have supported. And uh, if you have not done So consider it. But if you cannot find the money at this time to do so for all kinds of reasons, send it on to somebody else. Let's grow the audience. Let's get everybody community engaged. Uh, I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I'll be back tomorrow with another installment. Thanks for listening and stay safe.